Welcome to the Inside the Board Study Smarter series dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed on your exam. Hello and welcome to Bugs and Drugs. I'm your host, Sephora, and I'm thrilled to take you through today's episode. Let's begin. So let's go over a microbiology topic that goes over some immunology as well. Here's the question. A two-year-old boy is brought to the pediatrician by his mother for an evaluation of recurrent pyogenic infections. He has a history of chronic diarrhea and bouts of pneumonia and skin abscesses. His vital signs are within normal limits except for a low-grade fever. On physical exam, there's a patch of eczematoid dermatitis on his left arm. Complete blood count shows leukocytosis and negative nitroblue tetrazoleum tests. Based on the most likely diagnosis, which of the following pathogens is he most susceptible to? A. Streptococcus neoformans B. Histoplasma capsulatum C. Pneumocystis gerovici D. Mycoplasma pneumonia E. Staph aureus The answer is Staph aureus. This patient has CGD, chronic granulomatous disease. CGD is an X-linked recessive disorder, and it's when you have a deficiency in the NADPH oxidase enzyme. Since it is X-linked, this is going to be more commonly seen in males, and also, these patients are going to basically lack the oxidative burst. So they're going to have increased risk of any organism that's catalase positive. And those are going to be our Candida species, Aspergillus, Staph aureus, and E. coli. Other catalase positive organisms include Serratia, Listeria, Nocardia, Burkholderia cepatia. We also have Helicobacter pylori, Bordetella pertussis, and Pseudomonas. Some key points to remember about Staph aureus are that it's gram positive, it's coccidin clusters, it is catalase positive, coagulase positive as well, and it's got a couple of toxins. Staph aureus's toxins are the TSST, which is the toxic shock syndrome toxin, and this causes the toxic shock syndrome. The other toxins are the exfoliative and the heat-stable enterotoxin. The enterotoxin is the one that causes food poisoning, and remember that is heat-stable. And the exfoliative toxin causes the staphylococcal scalded skin syndrome. Some other key points to remember about staph aureus is that it's beta-hemolytic. And beta-hemolytic means that it, when it's placed on an uh, agar plate, the red blood cells are going to have complete hemolysis. Another thing to note is that staph aureus, the aureus word, comes from the fact that it appears gold on sheep blood agar. From the other answer choices, we have cryptococcus neoformans, and that is actually a fungal infection that's opportunistic. It's a heavily encapsulated yeast, and you can see that with India ink, and also mine. and in that one, it's going to be basically a red kind of capsule. Cryptococcus neoformans can be transmitted by inhaling, 
Basically, it can be found in soil or pigeon droppings. And the way it gets to the meninges is by the blood, hematogenous dissemination. Another answer choice was histoplasma capsulatum. And this one is basically a systemic mycosis. Histoplasma capsulatum can basically cause pneumonia and it can also disseminate. Remember that when you're looking at a slide, histoplasma is going to basically look kind of like smaller than an RBC. Some things to note, the histoplasma are going to basically be found within the macrophages and also the location of it. It's usually near the Ohio River Valleys and Mississippi. The other answer choice, uh, pneumocystis gerevici, causes pneumonia. It's known as a PCP. So this causes basically an interstitial pneumonia, and it's going to be associated with more immunocompromised states. Also, some histology and imaging info that you want to remember are that on histology, using the methanamine silver stain, you're going to see kind of like a disc-shaped yeast, and also on imaging, you might see patchy ground glass opacities, and they're going to be diffuse and also bilateral. And then the last incorrect answer choice that I want to discuss with you is the mycoplasma pneumonia. This one is going to cause atypical walking pneumonia, and it's important to remember that it has no cell wall. This is more commonly seen in like people living in close quarters, so think like college students or prisoners, and the way it transmits is through respiratory droplets. What we need to remember for this is that their chest x-ray will look worse than what their presentation is. They're going to be walking around just fine, hence why it's called atypical walking pneumonia. Other things that you can find is high titer of cold agglutinins. It's going to grow on eaten agar, but remember that since they don't have a cell wall, you won't see anything on gram stain. And that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for more on micro and farm.